the volume. Moneyline Monaco is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Pick a new team every game. Different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Contests include full slates and single game contests. Compete for top cash payouts. Unique product features. And compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd. So they know we sent you. FanDuel. More ways to win. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Special guest, volume sports brother from the same <laughs> uncle Colin. Let's go, J-Boy, Jake in the building. How we doing? On set. Oh, well, man, uh, Alex, I, I appreciate you inviting me. I love what you're doing over here. Obviously, I'm a, a big fan of the show. And yeah, man, Uncle Colin just trying trying to get his saving coaching tree on. I love it, man. Little Johnny Stockton here and there, and this is what's bringing us all together. Shout out to Brums, our producer, of course, crushing it as well, doing a million things. He's like Steve Martin and Cheaper by the he's Dozen like, over yeah, there watching he, out for all of us. He's like the architect from The Matrix. Like, if you walked in Ryan's house, he'd be just, like, staring at, like, 300 screens of, like, what's about to happen and nobody else knows and some, like, <laughs> nice, nice, like, Tuscany white suit. I love it. Okay, so let's start. I'm going to go a little NFL with you, but I want to start with your expertise, of course, low college football. We all knew some sort of BCS shakeup was going to happen here before the season wrapped. It happened earlier than I thought. I thought Michigan State was going to best Purdue. They couldn't even get to Ohio State coming off that, whatever you want to call it, uh, emotional W to say the least. It's a hangover game, whatever the case. Now I'm going to tee it up to you since he gets what they want. <laughs> I I got to just lean into it. How much is this team not a final four candidate here for the college football playoff? Well, uh, first off, I want to say I have a ton of respect for Luke Fickle. Uh, what he's done in that program, are they've reached new heights and, and have set a standard. Now they're going to the big 12. The future's bright, even though Luke Fickle's up for a lot of jobs right now. Would I be shocked if he left? No, but to me, and I said this on the show, Cincinnati is a cool story. It's an elite story, but they're not an elite team. You want to know what else is a cool story? Little Red Riding Hood, Big <laughs> Area 51. Those are all cool stories, but we live in reality. What really happens and the way that Cincinnati's been playing, especially the last three or four weeks, you know, and, and everybody that defends it will say, okay, well, they beat Notre Dame on the road. Uh, and Cincinnati was playing a lot better then than they were now. 
But to me, that Notre Dame win, I think Notre Dame loses at least one more regular season game uh, and, and drops out of the top 10. That That's waning when you watch them play. But Cincinnati has struggled with Tulsa on game day, who's a three and five team from the American. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I've had guests on the show that want to compare Alabama's loss or Alabama's win over LSU for Cincinnati's win over Tulsa. And I say, well, if we're to the point where we're comparing Tulsa and LSU, at some point on this journey, on this path that we've taken, we veered and, and steered in the wrong direction. We, we, we have to reset. But well, so, so, Jake, so what do you do here then? If you're, if you're on the committee, that, that would be my next question. What would you do to fix this? Because it seems to have every year a Cincinnati theme where there's a team that goes undefeated yeah. or what have you that clearly can't dance with the big guys. Do you advocate for an elite eight or do you think that's well, no i mean L- listen i it's funny you say that i even before they announced that it was going to be a 12-team playoff then the alliance got mad at the sec and decided they were going to prove that they're big bad and tough too and they're going to delay the 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 expansion of the playoff even though those are the conferences that need it the most which to me you know i'm not sherlock holmes but you know it doesn't it doesn't it's not hard for me to figure that out i don't have to call watson in the room to help look for clues on that one <laughs> make a lot of sense. But to me, I think it should be an 18 playoff, but I'm fine with 12. The thing with 12 is uh, I think you have to cap it at 12 because anything over 12, you start digging into the regular season. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not for that. I think 12 is, is the number they should cap it at, but in the society we live in and the slippery soap argument, are they going to cap it at 12? Probably not. Uh, but look, I'm all for settling it on the field. And if we had a 12 team playoff, Cincinnati would obviously be in if they went out. I'm telling you right now, Money Monaco, I'm telling you, Cincinnati's <laughs> going to lose a regular season game. I don't know if it's going to be. You heard it here SEC. first. Let's go. I don't know if it's going to be Eddie's Carolina, but Cincinnati will will lose a regular season game, and then I'm going to come on my show with the sign that says it was a cool story. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it up just to the camera because it, look, you're. I don't think you should get in for a sympathy vote and you look and you say, okay, Oregon has one loss. Oklahoma state has one loss. Ohio state has one loss. Alabama has one loss. All of those are better teams than Cincinnati because if Cincinnati gets in there, you're getting catfished. That's what they're doing to us. They're catfishing us. They're sending us a picture. We show up on the date and it's somebody <laughs> that doesn't even look like the picture. They they're not be- verified. They need the blue check. No, yeah. It's not, you're, you're, you're catfishing me. I mean, I, it, it, I'm getting Manti Tay out over here. So <laughs> you know, at, the, at the end of the day, to me, Cincinnati's a cool story. It's an elite story. They're not an elite team. And I, 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 I've yet to have somebody be able to explain it to me in a way that I'm like, you know what? You're right. Cincinnati should be in the final four. They would get beat to sleep. It's just how it is. No, I hear you. All right. Well, let's shift to this. I, I love the passionate take there. I'm, I'm all aboard it. So I'm kind of blown away, but I guess not really when it comes to an undefeated Georgia team. They're minus 125 on FanDuel, our sponsor here, to win it all. I'm staring at Bama plus 450. Yet you have Bryce Young as the favorite to win the Heisman. In terms of value here, I mean, of course, they're going to dance for the championship in the SEC. How do we not consider firing on Alabama plus 450? Or is that just a sucker bet because Georgia is the best team in the country? Well, there's a couple things going. I don't think you'd be crazy to sprinkle something on it with those odds. Anytime you can get Bama at 450 and football plus 450 for football and anything, I don't think you'd be crazy to take it. But here's the problem. That one loss puts Bama in a really weird position because if they make it, they win out. And, you know, they beat Auburn on the road in the Iron Bowl. And then they go to the SEC championship 
and lose, which I think they would, to the best team in the country, the team I picked to win the national championship this summer uh, in Georgia, they're t- they have two losses and they're going to be out of the playoff unless there's just absolute carnage, which there could be, which we've seen this year. I think you may see Oklahoma go down this weekend. I've got Notre Dame on upset alert. Jeff Scott's got USF playing a lot better than they did at the beginning of the year. The team speed they have is always scary, and you're going down there to the muck uh, where, where they're used to playing. So uh, I don't think you'd be crazy to bet on Bama, but that one loss and the lingering second loss, if they don't go beat Georgia, to me, I think that's why you see that number so high. But, yeah, anytime you can get Bama plus 450 that anything Nick Saban is attached to, I don't care if it's downhill bobsledding or whatever it's called, losing, uh, yeah, I would take it. So on that note, because that does make it interesting, if Bama does get a second loss, what do you think happens? I mean, let's say Oregon and or Ohio State catch a second L. Do you think Bama could get in with two losses? Like, where does that become political? And where does that come with past, you know, success coming into this year? Because, again, we're talking about ratings. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars. And a lot of pressure here to just bump Saban, even though he's got the best program, of course, for the last decade plus. Yeah, well, if, if you look at the financial part of it, Nick Saban is responsible for a lot of money that college football makes. The Alabama fan base is responsible for a lot of money that college football makes. And the thing about Alabama is they're polarizing because they've been the best team, so everybody hates them. And they also have a fan base that loves them to death. So they're kind of getting the best of both worlds when you look at it that way. And if anybody could get into the playoff with two losses, it would be Nick Saban. Uh, There's very few coaches, I think, and very few programs that they would say, you know, uh, if everything's kind of jumbled. Because to me, what I see happening is if Ohio State and Oregon lose again, all right, and and they both have two losses, because if they end with one loss, they're going to be in. If Cincinnati loses a regular season game, which I think they will, if Oklahoma loses a regular season game, which I think they could lose two when you look at having the teams they have left, they have to play Baylor, Oklahoma State on the road the last game of the season, then you could see a situation where they put Alabama in. The problem is, are you going to put Alabama, who just lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, to play Georgia again in the one four matchup. Cause if you're going to put a two loss Bama team in, you're probably going to put them at four. Would you make Georgia rematch Bama again? And you'd say, no, they'd never do that, but they did it to LSU against Alabama uh, when LSU beat them nine, six, and then had to play them again in the national championship game. So there's a little bit of precedent there. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see, but don't ever sleep on the, the, let's just say the power and the influence that Nick Saban has. Wow. I love it. I mean, do you want to see that? Because I don't know how we can even have a college football playoff, Jake, without Alabama. In. Well, well, look, to me, the four best teams should go that have a resume that warrant it. And if everything's even, you look at head to head. That's where you look at Oregon and Ohio State, uh, that, that big win by Oregon on the road at Ohio State. And then after that, you kind of get into the minutia of the resume and the strength of schedule. To me, Alabama with two losses, if Oregon has uh, another loss, Ohio State has. If it's even close, if if, you, if we're arguing a bunch of two-loss teams, are a two-loss team getting in the Final Four, Alabama would definitely, in my opinion, be the best two-loss team. Now, Alabama, if they go beat Georgia and they have one loss, it's a moot point. Then you start talking about who's one and two, which I think they'd probably move Bama up to one and move Georgia to two so they didn't play each other again back-to-back. That's probably what they're hoping happens, in my opinion. But what's going to happen is if you get a lot of two-loss teams in an argument, and, and a Cincinnati with one loss and a, and a Wake with one loss, if, if they don't drop another, which I think they will, then I think you'd see a scenario where, where Alabama would get in. 
FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. For me, this Thursday night, little Ravens, little Jets... Give me the Ravens on the money line. Where's my Staples button? I'm going Lamar Primetime Jackson. If you've seen what he's done on the ground and in the end zone on primetime games, I'm counting Thursday as a primetime. He gets in and he dishes one to his favorite target. Little Mark Andrews bucket. And we're cashing a three-leg same-game parlay. This is why I love betting on all the NFL action with FanDuel Sportsbook. There's fast payouts in as little as two hours. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. It's America's number one sportsbook. And don't get me started on how much I love those same-game parlay bets you just heard. There's no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They are also offering a risk-free one thousand dollar bet if you prefer that just sign up with promo code monaco and if your first bet loses you get up to one thousand dollars back in site credit that's promo code monaco disclaimer 21 plus and present in arizona colorado connecticut indiana michigan new jersey tennessee virginia or west virginia refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days max refund ten dollars restrictions apply See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. All right. I, I like it. I like it. From a, from a Heisman Trophy standpoint, just before we shift to a little NFL talk here, I mean, our boy Bryce Young, your boy on the network here is the favorite. Do you think... Plus 170. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a huge payout, but is, is it his Heisman to lose? Can Kenneth Walker or Stroud, can any of them make a late push here? Or despite yeah. Alabama maybe catching a second L, can he still walk away with a Heisman? Here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. So right now, to me, it's, it's a race between Kenneth Walker and Bryce Young. Even though Michigan State lost, they still only have one loss. Kenneth Walker had a good game. His numbers are gaudy the way that he's playing. I think he's going to continue to tear it up as they go on. I think they destroy Maryland. I'm taking Michigan State minus 12 and a half on the sharp uh, this weekend after coming off that loss against Purdue. I think Mel Tucker is going to rally the troops, and they're just going to be pissed off, for lack of a better term. Sure. Uh, and I, he has big games ahead of him. So, so he has moments that, that he can go out and play well and really boost his stock. Bryce Young has the same thing. I mean, you look at Alabama's schedule. They've still got Auburn. You've got the possibility of the SEC championship game. So there's time for Heisman moments. But watch what Matt Corral does this weekend. I think he's going to go nuts this weekend against AM. And, and that I think I'll miss surprises and upsets AM. And that'll somewhat get him back in the conversation a little bit. They'll start saying, oh, well, RG3 won the Heisman and lost three games. But I don't think it's going to be enough. And Ole Miss doesn't have enough moments left 
for him to really make a push outside of this game against AM. That's another reason why uh, I really like Ole Miss this weekend because I think Lane realizes this is one of the last hurrahs you, for Ole Miss. You could say, yeah, against Mississippi State, but that game's a lot bigger locally than it is nationally when the football writers and the voters look at it. So uh, if I'm looking at the Heisman right now, uh, I look at Bryce Young, I look at Kenneth Walker, I think it's neck and neck. So I don't think you'd be crazy throwing money on Bryce Young because he has opportunities. The only way you win the Heisman is to be able to have Heisman moments. The only way you have Heisman moments is for Heisman moment opportunities. And they both are going to have a plenty of those uh, as the season goes along. I love it. Well said. Kind of on a just another, if you were on the committee note or just somewhere between the NFL and NCAA, do you like that it takes a couple of years in college football before you get to the NFL. Like if you're Bryce young, let's say he pulls a rabbit out of a hat. He beats Georgia. They run the table. They win it all. He wins the Heisman. Why could he not make a case for going to the NFL after one year? Or do you think they should not follow the NBA and do one and done and actually stick to what they are? Do you have a strong opinion on that either way? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. I, I think football is just a different sport. Uh, you're, you're, you're dealing with the first thing you look at is, is safety. Cause we're not just talking about quarterbacks and guys that are, you know, 200 pounds and, 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 you know, can get up to 210. We're talking about linemen that have to develop and, and it's, it's really a safety thing. Now, are there some younger guys, uh, that, that, that are able to go, uh, you know, just two years in college and go out? Yes. I think Trevor Lawrence would be a guy like that. There's been examples of players like that. But to me, I think staying three years, being in that strength and conditioning program for three years, being in that structure for three years uh, just prepares your body so much more to be able to go play in the NFL because I know the NBA is a different league physically. Those guys are unbelievably talented, but the game is not nearly as physical, especially the way they play it now. You can't whisper at somebody without being a foul. Freedom of movement. I thought that was something that was in the Constitution, not in the NBA. I thought you could play defense. Uh, but you look at, at the NFL. I mean, these are grown men. They're running full speed. You're, you're, they say every play in the NFL is equivalent to being in a minor to somewhat major car accident. And that's just depending on how hard you get hit. And there's 120, you know, 130, 140 plays in a game. So to me, I think you're dealing with different sports. And there are very rarely, very, very rarely, I mean, guys like Jadavian Clowney, you know, maybe guys that are able to come out of high school. If we start trying to let high school kids go to the NFL, I mean, it's going to look like a triage tent on the sideline. So I just think it's a different sport. No, I feel you. Well said. Okay, one more for you real quick. Is there a bigger letdown right now in college football than the Clemson program this year? I mean, I'm staring at the ACC odds, Jake. I mean, goodness gracious, they're plus 700 to win the conference. Yeah, no, Clemson, and, and look, you know what Dabo Sweeney's done over there, because before he got over there, you know, people knew who Clemson was, but you know, they didn't really have a ton of respect. They weren't really doing anything. I mean, they hadn't won a championship since Danny Ford. And I mean, they were basically considered, you know, a middle of the middle tier SEC team with the lake by the campus. So <laughs> that's basically what Clemson was considered. He went over there and changed it. And it took him a couple of years. Some people were down on him early, uh, but, but they, they've had a great run. I don't think it's done yet uh, of hitting on quarterbacks, you know, whether it's Taj Boyd, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's, you know, Trevor Lawrence, so they've had elite quarterbacks. And they've been able to recruit at such a high level without going the JUCO route, without going a ton of the transfer route. Uh, and they built, built themselves like an ACC, uh, SEC team uh, in a weaker ACC conference. And they've been able to dominate. They just happened to miss 
so far at least because dj uh unga ungalale i think i actually said that right for the first time ever all time so everybody write that down uh he was in that same group they were talking about with JT Daniels and Bryce Young that, that they had played against each other uh, and he was supposed to be the star and it just hasn't worked out. Their offensive line has had problems defensively. They're really good, uh, but they haven't been able to hold up from an injury standpoint all season, including, you know, losing two defensive linemen early. And jo- look, Georgia has made a habit of breaking teams this year. They broke Clemson. They broke uh, Florida. They broke Kentucky. I mean, everybody they play, it seems like they just – it takes them three weeks, you know, to get back up. So, uh, I think Clemson, while it's a down year this year, Dabo and them recruit so well uh, that they'll be back, and, and now they have the motivation and the revenge factor and, you know, the underdog chip-on-the-shoulder factor, which every head coach loves. So, don't sleep on Clemson. This year, they're not going to win the ACC, but next year, watch out for them. They'll come back with a vengeance. I love it. All right, a couple questions for NFL, and I'll let you get out of here. I know, busy day on set. <laughs> Jordan Love makes his first start, gets his first touchdown late. I actually had Packers plus seven, plus seven and a half, so I was fired up on that backdoor cover. Just your college football brain's analysis of his first start in the big leagues. I know you follow the Packers. Yeah, you know, look, anytime it's your first start and and you're a young guy getting reps at the quarterback position, I mean, you're going to see the good and the bad. Uh, I, I thought they did a good job of not overloading him from a play calling standpoint. It, it wasn't nearly in depth as what you'd see with Aaron Rodgers, really from a total playbook standpoint, taking advantage of space outside. You know, they gave him a lot of responsibility. He was able to check at the line, but it wasn't nearly as in depth as what Aaron did. I thought what, what I wanted to see was, you know, did he have the moxie? Did he have, you know, the escapability that everybody talked about? And I saw that. Uh, and I saw him, you know, his ability to run and keep his eyes downfield before he passes the line of scrimmage, his ability to scan through progressions. There was a few throws he was a little bit late on, which you expect from a young guy, but you see the arm talent. I do want to see a little more vertical passing, but he's smart enough to know Devontae Adams is a really good player. Uh, I thought they did a good job of mixing in some sprint out as well to give him some easy passes on early downs, try and get him in second five, second fours, as opposed to having to throw his way out of it on second and eights and third and tens. Uh, but again, it, you know, it, it was a great game to watch. Uh, Jordan's going to be fine. The Chiefs still look dysfunctional to me. Uh, offensively, it looks like they still haven't figured it out. It's like Patrick Holmes, uh, Patrick Mahomes is sitting at a big Thanksgiving dinner and his mouth watering over the turkey, but you know, they, they got, they got a, uh, you know, Bob in his mouth or something, and he can't eat anything. It's like he can see it, but he just can't get to it. Uh, and I think he will eventually. But no, I thought Jordan did well. There's a lot for him to improve on. But that game tape that he's going to take from there is a lot more valuable than anything he's put on tape in practice or anything like that. So I think he's got a chance. Uh, but again, you know, Aaron's a witch. I know. I mean, do you do you think Rogers' stock just went up? tremendously after that game again it's so hard I mean we live in a world where we were giving guys a couple years just a cup of coffee ago now you you get one start you do okay in your first start I mean he took care of the football but he didn't make necessarily a ton of plays and he's off here and there yet first start ever I didn't hate it but there's still you know to your to your point I think a lot of Packers fans may have changed their minds after watching that offensive performance you know because again you don't know what you got till it's not there. And there's plays that there's things that Aaron does that, that the casual fan doesn't see, you know, it's to me, it's not just the big play where he hits the 70 yarder for the touchdown or, or he escapes and runs for 12 yards and a first down. It's knowing when to throw the ball away. It's knowing when to check it down. 
it's knowing when to say uncle and, and not put yourself or, or take a sack or put your team in a, in a bad position or if a protection gets blown, a way to turn it, what should be a horrible play, into just an okay play or an even play. And, and when you have a young guy like Jordan Love, you see if, if things go bad, typically they go bad for a loss. Typically uh, they go bad in a way that puts you in the hole on second down or third down or you get that intentional grounding. There's just things that Aaron does football things that the casual fan doesn't see that keeps the Packers on schedule. Because if you watch them offensively outside of the first game, they've really been on schedule the whole year. And it's not just Devontae. Aaron's able to Aaron's play elevates other people's play. And that builds depth during the season. And that's something that's invaluable. We talk about it all the time on our show. Well said. All right. I'll get you out of here with this. NFC a little more compelling than the AFC. Few teams that could easily run the table. As you know, in the NFL, it's not like it's the Saban show. No team has won back-to-back since the Patriots in the early 00s with Mr. Brady. Do you think Tommy Tampa can do it again? They're the favorites right now in the NFC. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Coming off a nice little Larry David lamp of a bye, watching mayhem this weekend. Or if it isn't the Bucs out of the NFC, I know Rams coming off a Titans loss. Bills, AFC coming off a brutal Jags loss. It was a topsy-turvy last couple of weeks in the NFL. But if it isn't the Bucs, or if it is, tell me why. If not, do you have a pick for me? Are you going with the State Farm Mr. Rogers to get back to the Super Bowl? Uh, so you're right. It's not the Nick Saban show like it is in college. But you know what it is? It is the Tom Brady show. That is the, the NFL is one big reality show about Tom Brady. That, that's what it is. <laughs> and if you think I'm betting against him, to not win another Super Bowl, man, you're, it, there's no chance. Uh, I would take Tom Brady against the field. He's proven everybody wrong too many times. Uh, he gets a bye week. You know, they laid him down in the WD-40. They put him in the chamber and, and blew unicorn smoke on him or, or whatever they do to keep him being able to play. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like he just, you know, eats lettuce and does push-ups all week until the game and just, like, looks at film or – they plug him into the matrix or whatever it is. Uh, but no, I'm not betting against Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. I think him and Bruce Arians, uh, I love that match. And, you know, some people are asking Monaco, and it's not me because I don't believe it, but some people are asking, is Belichick a system coach? It's the, it's the, it's the ageless <laughs> question we all know. Uh, I just want everybody freak out. No, Belichick's <laughs> awesome. But, but no, I'm, there's no way I'm betting against, what do you call him, Tommy Tampa? Tommy Tampa, man. Tommy Tampa. I like it. Hey, Jake, thank you so much for being gracious with your time. Have a great show today. Again, Jay Boy Show every day of the week on the Volume Sports YouTube channel. You're killing it. You're rocking live. I'm loving the Maddie Staff backwards cap. And the <laughs> set's tremendous. Say what up to your brother for me. Hey, I will, man. I appreciate it, bro. Love what, love what you're doing, too. Whenever it comes to, to looking at NBA picks or professional sports picks before I do anything, I check you out and then check Live out. Uh, you're doing a great job, man. Catching on the tube, too. Doing big things. Making hella moves. You're like John Travolta over there. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. We'll have you on the J-Boy Show one Friday to make some uh, college football picks. We'll, we'll, we'll the bear you off game day on, on one of these Fridays. The Volume.